Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a selection of UK equities and we're also going to be running through some of the key themes out there in markets at the moment. And to do that, we have with us very kindly once more, Alan Green. Alan, thanks so much for being on the podcast this morning. Good morning again, John. So, Alan, we're just speaking just before the podcast. We've got a particularly interesting selection of stocks uh, that we're going to be looking at later on in the podcast. We've got Pets at Home, Halfords and Harland and Wolf. Um, particularly good moves out there in Harland and Wolf again this morning. So we're going to be looking uh, at what's happening there and, and sort of crunch some of the numbers. But before we get into the, the individual equities, Alan, let, let's just have a quick look at the FTSE 100 because we, we were speaking, you know, it's probably some some weeks ago now about how the, the FTSE 100 could perform going forward. And I, I raised the notion that we could actually see the FTSE breaking up to, to all-time highs at a time that the UK is in a recession. And with a mini-budget last week and the economic forecasts that were delivered alongside that, there were comments that we were already in a recession here in the UK. Obviously, that's not been uh, finalised yet because uh, you know, a technical recession, two, two courses of declining growth. We haven't yet had that yet, but very likely uh, we are in it. And we're seeing the FTSE 100 this morning, Alan, really outperforming Europe in as far as it's actually up on the day, um, up 0.4%, just shy of 7,500, while we're looking at European indices, which are which are in the red and some of them quite, quite deep in the red. I mean, it's obviously being driven by commodities. This is something that we've discussed previously. It's very much a China story. I mean, that view, Alan, that we could see the FTSE 100 breaking to to record highs whilst we're in a recession here in the UK. I mean, is there anything you can add to that? Or do, or do you think that's something that won't happen? Or do you think it's very much on the table? I think it's very much on the table, John. I mean, we... we... Of course, the the FTSE always uh, and uh, indices always look six to nine months ahead. So, so uh, the FTSE maybe is now looking at um, uh, the uh, the end of the recessionary period for the UK. And of course, that uh, that's uh, that's a Brexit based UK, and that's uh, that's uh, companies able to do business with the rest of the world unencumbered by the by the EU uh, shackles and. Um, uh, you know, I've seen comments on Twitter saying, oh, you know, the EU countries are outperforming um, the UK in GDP at the moment. And of course, that might be true. But uh, but longer term, of course, there's a reset. And um, and uh, I think uh, what the FTSE at the moment is showing that um, it's very confident in our ability as a standalone economy to, to do business with the rest of the world. Um, obviously, the FTSE is largely dollar-based, so it's reflecting the strength in the dollar as ever, but it also reflects a great cross-section of British uh, uh, technology companies, uh, UK uh, technology companies, and of course, um, uh, the, the resources companies that are really going to drive growth and recovery um, in, uh, in both the UK economy and also participate in recovering economies around the world, uh, of course, particularly China. 
So, I mean, when we're looking at where we are now, just beneath 7,500 on the FTSE, all-time high uh, on the FTSE 100, um, 7,877. You know, that's that's not, well, you know, it's a fair distance away, but it's not particularly far. I mean, is this really just a China story and the miners? And, of course, you know, companies like Prudential, HSBC and, and Standard Charters, of course, have a, a big exposure to... Uh, China, you know, it, when we start to see China move out of this zero COVID policy, is that the catalyst that you you see getting us up to those higher levels if we get there? Yes, it is. But but, but also on on another level. I mean, we were talking, of course, about um, conferences in the UK. Uh, the UK is still, no matter what anyone says, a the, one of the most, if not the most important financial centre in the world for companies seeking to raise money. And um, indeed, we're hearing from companies further down the scale, some of the smaller companies that are attending investment shows in London, which is, of course, the um, the, uh, the the last few months of the year are normally fairly busy for investors in London. And we're hearing about investors going to these shows and companies attending these shows and seeing record levels of interest um, and record numbers um, of attendees. So clearly, Clearly, investor, the smart money is looking at the UK as a very safe place to do business and a very safe bet. So um, I think uh, I, I don't think the the uh, position we find the FTSE in at the moment is is um, is 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 uh, overboard at all. I think uh, it's reflecting uh, a great deal of confidence and a great deal of forward strength in the UK economy. And that's not just mining and resource Um uh, and of course, uh, technology, which of course is going to be key going forward. Um, but it's it's uh, it's confidence in our ability to do <clears throat> business with the rest of the world. And of course, one of the companies we're going to talk about this morning, Harland and Wolf, is um, is a very good exp- exponent of that. Uh, you know, it's a company that's doing business all over the world. But I'll come to that shortly. Um, but we are also leaders in technology. You know, we're innovators. Um, you know, it's a great country for innovation in biotech in 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 it in uh, in uh, in all sorts of areas uh, of technology and uh, you know so many there are so many great companies have started here in the uk and i think now we can be a little more um uh, uk centric in our outlook rather than having to be focused on uh, being a member of the eu i think that's going to stand us in great stead going forward and i think what's happening in the FTSE at the moment is a reflection of that Indeed, indeed. There's research out just recently, which was pointing to London as the that the top capital for tech in uh, in Europe. So definitely, that technology scene here in London remains strong, uh, and and that's going to be a, a leader of innovation for the economy going forward. So I'm sure there's going to be some new tech stories coming up. We're going to be keeping an eye on the podcast, so we'll uh, we'll be relaying those as soon as we hear them. But Alan, now let's get into the to the companies that we're going to be looking at this morning. Of course, we, we listed them at the beginning, Pets at Home, Halfords and Harland and Wolf. Let's start with Pets at Home, Alan, a particular winner from the pandemic when everybody went out and bought themselves a puppy or, or, or maybe a kitten. Um, and they've had a very, very strong performance since before the pandemic. But we've had an update this morning. So what do their numbers look like now? Well, it's, it's certainly from a charting standpoint. The last the, the, the last little while has looked very positive. We've seen uh, since October a series of higher lows in the run up 
to the, the numbers today. So this is the interim results announced today for the 28-week period to October 13th. Um, a, a huge increase in pet ownership, as you as you as you pointed out. Um, uh, <laughs> the term lockdown. Lockdown puppy is is uh, going to enter English folklore, I think, because uh, lots of people now have lockdown dogs and pets, which they're now taking out, and the dogs get nervous when they're seeing people. But uh, but of course that's quite understandable. But um, the amount of money we spend on our pets, and certainly our family, no exception in this regard, um, you know, shows absolutely no limits at all. Because your pet's a member of the family; it's like a son or daughter. So money is no object, and that's regardless of the inflationary pressures that we're seeing and and uh, everything else. So so the results this morning are very strong. Um, revenue growth of 7.3% to 727 million. The company, of course, trades on a market capitalization of 1.4 billion. Also pay, pays a 4% dividend as well. Um, shares are currently trading at two pound, uh, 290 pence, just off uh, 254 pence year low, but have been as high during the year as just under... 500 pence per share or five pounds per share. So, so arguably, given these results this morning, the company has held its full year profit guidance. And on, on its results, it's showing a year on year profit bridge. Um, we're seeing a lot of growth uh, in uh, the, the veterinary business. Um, and of course, this is we, we've seen uh, over the past few years many companies in the sector um, uh, acquiring veterinary surgeons um so of course whereas you had your 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 town or village veterinary surgeon all of these now are being acquired by larger groups such as pets at home um or or, or cvc group and and others um and and of course the uh the economies of scale that uh, uh can be applied there are are huge and Pets at Home is no exception. Its revenue um, from vet veterinary work um, grew by 12.4%. Uh, like for like revenue is up 10.5%. Um, retail revenue growth uh, grew by just under 7%. Um, and, but of course, the uh, group is in, investing into uh, into its uh, tech and IT. So it's building its online offering. And with the inflationary pressures, it's provided a year-on-year profit bridge predicting profits at the year end of uh, 68.1 million <clears throat> and um, and as a profit next year of, of 59 million and those are with the inflationary pressures and the investment the, the company is making into its technology um, the dividends also increased to 4.5 people share which is up 4.7 percent um, and of course the the group are uh, they're trying to lock in user loyalty so they have a puppy and kitten club um, uh, and the sign-ups um, were averaging 29,000 sign-ups per week in quarter two. Um, that's three times higher than the pre-pandemic levels. So clearly that signals that people are worried about inflationary pressures because these clubs offer discounts for members, maybe a price cap. Um, uh, so so something that gives um, members visibility on costs in caring for their pet and that's very important i think too so this is a this is a huge and resilient sector and uh and certainly uh the um the uh, chief executive who came in Lisa mcgowan who came in as chief exec um uh, says uh, the first half performance shows progress and resilience um and um and, and uh, looking forward uh, of course that they've they've laid out the profits the prospects remain strong um uh the continuing with strategic investments and uh, 
given the better than expected progress, they remain committed to investing into the business going forward. So it, it's it's a very strong sector. It's a very de- defensive sector too. I think um, you know you'd have to see uh, a major change in the economic outlook for the UK before revenues for this company would be impacted. Um, so given the given the sort of uh, the moderate growth we've seen in the run up since October, um, I'd expect to. I'd expect to see once the share price consolidates this off, shares are currently off about four and a half percent at the moment, which is often the way, you know, people uh, people buy the rumor and sell on the news, of course, uh, that nothing changes there. That's a that's a, a that's a common trading habit. But I think going forward, I think we will see further growth from the company. So probably um, it's a good opportunity to get them before ex-dividend, uh, the ex-dividend date and um, continue to, to gain from this very defensive and resilient stock. Yeah, so I'm just just looking here at the share price, Alan. You know, just before the the pandemic started in uh, in February of of 2020, you were looking at a share price of pets at home that was around um, three pounds five pence. Compared today, share price two pounds ninety, and you know they're they're earning a hell of a lot more money now than they were yeah. then. As you said, dividend around four percent. The P ratio on this isn't particularly high either, so. You know, certainly any further weakness in these shares does does make it a uh, an attractive prospect, mm. given that it's you know a lot of those revenues coming in as you've highlighted there are are fairly reliable. Um, as you said, people people will always spend money on their on their pets. Um, so yeah, an an interesting one there. Fairly solid set of numbers, and as you said, Alan, I think it's more of a case of you know sort of buy the rumor, sell the facts on the uh, on the results. I mean, it has fallen you know quite sharply since its highs around five pounds. But sort of looking at uh, looking at those numbers, you know, one that that should be kept uh, on a watch list. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, um, well certainly with pre-tax profits for the year, their guidance at one thirty-one million. As you say, it's not a particularly racy valuation, and those those um, numbers are reliable. And of course, they've they've planned ahead. They forecast their results going forward based on based on expected cost inflation and everything else. And if inflation is uh, peaking now, as our pundits seem to think, and of course the the Bank of England have forecast uh, lower peak interest rates than some had initially thought. Then you know, I I, th- I think the company does offer reasonable value at these levels. Indeed, indeed. So moving on now, Alan to Halfords, having had not a particularly great session this morning, down about seven percent as we as we look here. But again, you know, if you take the chart of, of pets at home and you take the chart of, of Halfords, there's not much difference in, in them. Um, you know, strong rally after the initial sell-off in the pandemic, um, saw highs in mid-2021 sort of and, and tailed off quite significantly since, again, Halfords was, was a, really enjoying great demand for bikes mm. during the, uh, the the pandemic but they're starting to shift their strategy slightly at the moment alan so uh, what's happening there well yeah again i mean i think this company is undervalued uh, you've got a market capitalization of 440 450 million and the company is generating revenues that are higher than that but of course i think the concerns are uh, of course, with the high overheads the group has and the the commitments uh, going forward to uh, to property to landlords and so on, but I mean the company's delivered uh, a really really sort of good set of numbers today. First half revenue of, of seven hundred and sixty five million, which is uh, you know which is quite 
you know, quite astonishing given the lowly market capitalization. Um, year on year underlying uh, pre-tax profits fell to uh, 28.9 million, just to 29 million. So I think it's the, the the margins are pretty slim, and of course that is that is that's an issue I think for investors, you know, because it can very quickly turn to a loss, and then of course you've got uh, a loss making group that's saddled with these these huge outgoings. So the the, the group has said forecast it's now forecast um, underlying profit before tax at the lower range of expectations, 65 million to 75 million, which is which is quite quite a Quite wafer thin on the sort of numbers and turnover the the group uh, uh, deliver, but um, there is a four and a half percent dividend uh, on offer here. Uh, interim dividend three pence is is being paid out. So so again, there are sort of issues um, with the Halfords business model going forward. Um, so the the cycle division, as we as we said just now, um, hasn't performed particularly well. Uh, the 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 numbers have come down there because of competition. Of course, we've now got online competition where where bikes are sold online, um, and lots of innovative manufacturers are going it alone and selling directly themselves. And of course, that's uh, that that cuts out the middleman like Alfred's. Um, but certainly, it has the garage services offering. Um, service sales, I, I think, could be. Uh, could be a, a real winner for Halfords going forward because the 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 uh, the, the prospect of higher motoring costs. The obviously we've got sky high fuel prices still at the moment, um, but the prospect of higher motoring costs is always off putting. And of course, Halfords, um, in the same way that pets at home have have their have their uh, their sort of uh, puppy and kitten group, um, the Halfords have their own motoring loyalty club. So again, this um, this offers. Um, fixed cost benefits to members, visibility going forward, and of course, in a time of uncertainty and high inflation, that's all important. So, <clears throat> the company said it's seen strong, strong strategic progress through the loyalty club. Memberships uh, grew up well above expectations, um, and, and you know uh, contributed significantly to um, a, a, a solid uh, underlying profit performance. Um, and there are sort of issues with uh, with, with, with sort of uh, uh, pre-lease debt, but um, overall the group's got a strong net cash position, so uh, the company is is in good shape going forward. Um, it has obviously downgraded its profits, uh, but I think that's inevitable given the backdrop. Um, and of course, we've got uh, we've got this strategy shift into um, into new businesses. Um, it, it acquired a company called Lodge Tires. Uh, um, a, a commercial tire business. Um, over ninety percent of the lodge tire sales goes directly to businesses, which um, is part of the Halfords uh, strategy evolution, if you like. So um, it's diversifying, it's moving into new areas, um, and uh, the the motoring club um, was certainly cited by Chief Exec Graham Stapleton today as a, a cornerstone of the group. Uh, the, the group's strategy going forward um, because customers are, as he says, quote unquote, customers continue to be attracted by a range of discounts and offers aimed at helping motorists across the UK with rocketing costs of running and maintaining a car. So that's that's uh, a key cornerstone of their strategy going forward. Um, but also um, they're, they're looking to uh, employ a thousand new automotive technicians and they're going out to retired automotive um, engineers uh, to bring them back into the workforce you know plenty of people um, in there who may have retired now maybe are looking at uh, 
the uh, their pension versus the spiraling cost of living and thinking they're going to have to go back to work. So, of course, Halfords will benefit from that. But certainly, I think if Halfords can address their fixed costs and uh, develop profits through lodge tyres, um, uh, through, through the lodge tyre uh, acquisition and also through the Motoring Loyalty Club, um, you know, cycle sales could rebound. They may readdress the strategy that they're they're currently using with cycle sales, and uh, they they could readdress that, and that could uh, see another surge in sales later on. But certainly, they've got plenty of tools at their disposal, I believe, to address the issue. Um, and I think you know, you look at the the valuation of the group versus the money that it actually brings in. Um, I think we could see a turnaround and possibly a re-rating once. There's further evidence going down the road that um, that the group is starting to grow profits once again. Indeed, indeed. And just looking at the share price over the past month or so, I mean, it, 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 even at this price here, it, it, of course, it's down seven percent today, but it's more than fifty percent off of its lows that we saw back in uh, very late September, yeah. early early October. So, you know, if, if you take the chart out. Uh, on on a larger time scale, of of course, it's down heavily from the highs that we saw during the, uh, the the pandemic. But there's certainly been some interest uh, for for Halfords at these lower levels. Maybe a bit of profit taking from short term traders that we're seeing today. But you know that shift in in their business model and and the way that they're changing things. You know, again, we were talking about the re- reliability of of cash flows at pets at home. Uh, similar setup here with with Halfords. Of course, they're exposed to the consumer, and they'll get you know tired of the same brush as every consumer stock will out there. And you know to some extent, rightly so. But you know the business model that they're changing towards and looking at these reoccurring revenues. You know it it, it does make it interesting down yeah, at, down yeah. at these levels. Again, it's got a four and a half percent dividend yield. Which is you know fairly fa- fairly decent. It's it's high, certainly higher than the FTSE 100 average at this point in time. Um, so yeah, again, maybe one to to put on the watch list. Well, I think certainly that growth in revenue that that, that that's the key. I think uh, you know look at what the you know uh, revenue growth of 31 percent in the six months over the year does show that the group are, are it's certainly doing the right thing. But of course, it's got to address its profitability. So so you know given the group the size of Halfords and the and its diversity, I think it will have opportunities to do that. So you know, at this at these levels, it probably does offer a decent opportunity for growth. And of course, you've got that four and a half percent dividend to boot. Exactly, exactly. So, Alan, now let's move on to the final stock we're going to discuss today: Harland and Wolf. They've just been awarded as part of a consortium. A game-changing, really, uh, contract win from the Ministry of Defence for three battleships. Now, this isn't and hasn't just been a a win for Harland Wolf and their shareholders. It's, it's been a, a win for the for the UK economy. Uh, Twelve hundred shipyard jobs expected to be created from this. Eight hundred indirect jobs, and the contract is expected to use UK steel. Huge move up in the share price in recent weeks, Alan. Looking at it now, I mean, how high could this share price go? It's it's a great story, isn't it, uh, John? It really is. And uh, yeah, I mean, currently we've got a the company's got a valuation of thirty nine million, but um, it's got an incredible history. I mean, Harland Wolf uh, is a really old company. It was founded by Sir Edward Harland and Gustav Wolf in eighteen sixty one, 
Um, and of course, the, you, you've got those iconic uh, crane gantries in Belfast, the big yellow crane gantries, which um, which are a landmark. Uh, you know, if you if you visit Belfast, and uh, you know they're a great. It's a great advertisement for the company and its history. Um, and, you know, history, it's got, it's got in spades. I mean, it built the Titanic, for heaven's sake. You know, this is the company that built the Titanic, the, uh, the unsinkable ship. Obviously, we know what happened. Um, it also built uh, RMS Olympic, uh, the Royal Yacht Britannia, SS Canberra. It's built super tankers. And, of course, it's a, but it's, it's got, it's a very diverse company in that it has, uh, obviously, in Belfast, one of the largest dry docks in Europe. But it has. Um, it also has a shipyard in Appledore in Devon. It has uh, in last year it acquired Methyl and uh, on the east coast of Scotland um, and uh, Arnish on the west coast of Scotland. Uh, that's it. Those are shipyards and fabrication depots for energy and defence. So on the energy side, it works and maintains uh, oil rigs. Um, obviously, shipbuilding. Uh, we've just we we know about defence and naval shipping and. MOD work. It also works on builds, develops services, and also decommissions uh, cruise ships, ferries, and large fish, fishing vessels. Um, and also undertakes uh, structural work as well. So uh, builds vessels and bridges, um, building and loading frames. Uh, uh, it it uh, also recently announced um, a contract win to rebuild the M55. So um, that's a, that was a huge win for for the group. Um, the the company also owns uh, Island Island Magi Group, which is uh, um, it's a huge gas storage facility. Um, and this this uh, storage project facility supplies up to twenty five percent of the UK's natural gas storage capacity. So you think of where we are now uh, in terms of um, in terms of our requirements for energy going forward. This is this is a hugely important uh, asset to own, and uh, it's owned outright by H and W. Um, the company is run by John Wood, chief executive; Aaron Aaron Rahman, the chief exec, the uh, chief finance officer; Malcolm Goat, chairman. On the board, you've also got Sir Jonathan Bond, non-exec director, and Katia Zatova, who is also a non-exec. Um, in uh, September this year, well, in fact, no, I'll go back to August first of all because we're looking at the current share price trading at about twenty three p. In August, the company announced uh, it had won three contracts in quick succession. Um, with Corey, it won two contracts, one worth eight point five million, one worth just under ten million. The M fifty five regeneration contract I've already mentioned that's worth fifty five million, um, and the group said it was comfortable with its guidance and revenues between sixty five and seventy five million on the year and these are with ongoing margins of 22 percent so you then look forward this is projecting 100 to 115 million profitability for next year 2023 and then 200 to 230 million for the year after that now this was back in august before the mod contract was announced and i'll come to that in a second so based on that valuation uh, with a 22 percent margin you're already looking at a share price of around 30p so we then come to September, strong set of interims, revenues of 15.4 million, gross margin maintained 22%. Um, and uh, then, of course, the the Island Magee uh, uh, um, outcome was deferred to January 2023. Um, the, there are some issues, uh, there are some environmental issues with the contract, uh, but those are expected to be resolved at a court hearing um, in January next year. So I think once that's resolved, then we're going to see 
a complete um, reset on the valuation uh, uh, with the Isla G contract. Then, of course, um, this month they announced the huge contract with the MOD to build three support ships for the Royal Fleet Auxiliary. And these, of course, are ships that will supply music, munitions and stores to ships at sea. Um, the uh, bidding bid consortium Team Resolute consists of Harland, Wolf, Navantia and BMT. Um, what it means is that 77 million of investment will go back into Harland Wolf, as you said, John, creating 1,200 jobs. Um, but also at the same time, as well as creating those additional jobs, it will provide upskilling for the rest of the workforce and also an expansion and upgrade of their facilities. So it's won this huge contract. It can now go, uh, go out with the upskilled workforce and with the expansion of facilities and it can win more contracts. And I think we're just at the beginning of the Harland and Wolf regeneration story here. So it's a hugely exciting time for the company. Um, and as I say, just bear in mind those numbers. The numbers they announced in August equate to 30p in today's terms. And that was before the 1.6 billion MOD contract win. So do just do the math. So, Alan, are there any indications of what the margins look like for... Harland and Wolf on this new MOD contract and what that could mean for them in terms of you know potential bottom line. Um, not yet, they've not announced that. But um, uh, given that uh, the in the with the September interims they announced uh, gross margins were maintained at twenty two percent, I think uh, it's reasonable to expect that given the investment that goes into it, those margins will most likely be maintained. They could even improve. I don't uh, I don't know is the answer, but I think if you're yep. If you're calculating an investment case, I think you'd have to work on what they currently work on as a company. And I'm sure, knowing John Wood and his team, they will have uh, they will have locked in uh, uh, um, plenty of uh, margin uh, uh, for the for the for the company going forward. Indeed, indeed, certainly a very exciting stock to be keeping uh, an eye on at the moment. So let's just recap the stocks that we discussed today. First of all, was Pets at Home with a ticker of P-E-T-S. It was then Halfords, which has a ticker of H-F-D. And to finish off was Harland and Wolf with a ticker of H-A-R-L. Alan, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you, John. So just a note to listeners, we have the next instalment of our virtual conferences coming up in early December. Do check out your emails. If you're a subscriber to UK Investor Magazine, you'll be receiving invites in the coming days. And we'll also have that live to be signed up to on the UK Investor Magazine website in the next couple of days or so. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.